46 of John chapter 1. And I want to hang my hat on this one verse. Nathaniel asked, can there be any good thing that comes out of Nazareth? Today as I kick off this December Advent series, I want to preach, you shall pray for and with me from the topic, Deliver Me from Judgmentalism. Deliver me from judgmentalism. Lord, bless your word. Bless your preacher. Give us ears to hear. Your words, my mouth. Remove every distraction that might keep us from hearing, digesting, and living your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Differences and similarities are real. Differences and similarities are significant. As we traffic through life and encounter people, places, things, and ideas, we also encounter the reality and significance of differences and similarities. Among people, places, things, and ideas, they are differences and they are similarities. Some people are similar, yet every person is different. Some places are similar, yet every place is different. Some things are similar, yet everything is different. Some ideas are similar, yet every idea is different. Love and sentimentality are similar, yet there's a difference between love and being sentimental. The triangle and the triad are similar, yet there's a difference between living in the triangle and living in the triad. A boyfriend and a husband are similar. Yet there's a difference between having a boyfriend and having a husband. Having a girlfriend and a wife are similar. Yet there's a major difference between having a girlfriend and having a wife. Don't get quiet on me. Historically, black colleges and predominantly white institutions are similar, yet there are differences that exist between HBCUs and PWIs. Faith and hope are similar, 
yet there are differences between living by faith and being a prisoner of hope. Judgment and judgmentalism are similar. Yet there's a major difference between having good judgment and the issue and challenge of judgmentalism. According to this familiar New Testament text, we encounter the initial disciples of Jesus upon their call to being followers of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. As they are called to do the work of following and representing Christ in the world, the text says that Andrew and Philip are called initially, Philip joins the band, and Philip, as one who has just followed Jesus, then talks to a man by the name of Nathaniel from Cana concerning the invitation and opportunity to become a follower of Jesus Christ. As Philip tells Nathaniel about Jesus from Nazareth, Nathaniel does not respond with eagerness, enthusiasm, or excitement. But Nathaniel responds, watch chapel, with reticence, reluctance, and resistance because of where Jesus is from. Jesus is from Nazareth. He's not from Shiloh. He's not from Capernaum. He's not from Cana. He's not from one of the other major metropolitan cities of the ancient world. Nazareth does not have the best reputation, but Jesus, our Savior, is from Nazareth. Nathaniel, this would-be disciple, is reluctant to follow Jesus because of where he is from. He has not met Jesus. They haven't done breakfast, lunch, or dinner. They haven't spent time together. Yet Nathaniel is prejudging Jesus because of where Jesus is from. There's a difference between having good judgment and being judgmental. As Christians, we ought to have good judgment in what we say, in what we do, in how we act, in how we communicate. Yet no Christian ought to commit the sin of judgmentalism is when we prejudge, criticize, and condemn folk without knowing who they are. Preach, Pastor. According to this text, Nathaniel is prejudging, criticizing, condemning Jesus because he is from Nazareth. And while we say amen on this Sunday morning, some of us need to admit as I'm doing my good preaching, I too struggle with the sin of judgmentalism. Can I preach this? If somebody's too tall or too short, we judge them. Can I preach this? If somebody is thick or thin, we judge them. 
If somebody is chocolate or somebody's too light, we judge them. If somebody's blue collar or white collar, we judge them. If somebody lives in the inner city or lives in the suburbs, we judge them. If somebody is introverted or extroverted, we judge them. Sometimes, even in the body of Christ called church, where we ought to live by love, be gracious one to another, and accept one another based upon the fact that we are made in the image of Almighty God, we commit the sin of prejudging and judgmentalism. Let somebody come in here one Sunday morning without a suit on. Let somebody come in here, sisters, with a skirt too short or heels too high. Let somebody come in here that doesn't smell the way we smell. Let somebody come in here driving a car that we think is out of their price range. We commit the sins of judgmentalism even in the body of Christ called church. Can there be any good thing that come out of Nazareth? He hadn't met Jesus, doesn't know Jesus, hadn't spent time with Jesus, doesn't know Mary and Joseph, his mom and daddy, hadn't done a criminal background check yet. He automatically assumes because of where he is from that he ain't about nothing. And how many of us on this Sunday morning need to be delivered from the sin of judgmentalism? Don't raise your hand. Don't shout too soon. Don't. How, how many of us, we may not verbalize it, we may not say it, but sometimes if our looks could talk, if our face could give vent to what we are thinking, she know good and well she too big to be wearing a skirt. He know good and well he can't afford that car. They, they, what? Mm. I guess we just let anybody in the church now. This judge, judgmentalism. Don't know people yet. We have already written a doctoral dissertation on who they are hadn't spent time around them, yet we've already concluded we know their life story, hadn't even engaged them, yet we based opinions on stuff that we have heard from haters who have dogged them out, judge mentalism. Lord, maybe the prayer we need to pray in December, and everybody needs to pray that prayer on this first Sunday. Lord, deliver me from prejudice and judgmentalism. And while I'm preaching on this Sunday morning, since 99.9% .9 of us are chocolate up in here on this Sunday morning, don't think that black folk are innocent of the sin of prejudging and judgmentalism. Being racist is arguable. Black folk commit the sin of prejudice and prejudging and judgmentalism every day. Lord, deliver me from judgmental. How can I 
be delivered from judgmentalism. I get delivered from judgmentalism, watch chapel, when I see stereotyping as a sin. Yeah. Whether we realize that stereotyping one another is a sin. As soon as I say all, as soon as I say every, can there be any good thing that comes out of Nazareth? You ain't been to Nazareth. You spent the bulk of your life in Cana. You from Cana. You know the west side, the east side, the south side, the north side of Cana. You ain't been to Nazareth, yet you're making decisions and judgments based on a place you have never been. Jesus can't be all that because he's from Nazareth. You ain't been there. Yet we've already made conclusions about Nazareth, a place we have not been because of stereotypes. Amen. And whenever we stereotype people, whenever we stereotype kinds of people, whenever we stereotype places, whenever we stereotype stuff, we commit the sin of prejudging and judgmentalism. All women. Now speak for the ones you've dealt with. You ain't dated all women. You ain't Will Chamberlain. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Don't tell me about all women. You ain't dated all women. Can I preach it? All men. You ain't dated all men. You dated three, yet you got conclusions on all men. All them church folk. Now, speak for the one mean usher you met. Don't speak for all church folk. You ain't been to every church. You've been to two churches in your life on Resurrection Sunday and Watch Night Service, yet you talking about all church folk. Stereotyping is a sin. As soon as we say all and every and they and them, as if we have interacted with everybody, as if we know everybody, as if we have spent time with everybody. And for those of us who are grown and spiritual on this Sunday morning, you can have a sibling, you can have a spouse, you can have a mama, a daddy, and there's still some stuff you don't know. I get delivered from judgmentalism when I see stereotyping as a sin. I got to stop talking about Nazareth. I ain't been there. Not just when I see stereotyping as a sin. I, I get delivered from judgmentalism when I understand different does not mean deficient. Nazareth and 
and Cana are just different places. The Canaanites and the Nazarites are people made in the image of God. In Cana, they do things this way. In Nazareth, they do things this way. But just because they do it differently doesn't mean different is deficient. And sometimes we are so accustomed to the way we've done it, what we've seen, how we do it, that we think our way is superior. Where different doesn't mean inferior or superior, it just means different. In Cana, they have weddings this way. But in Nazareth, they do weddings another way. Can I preach this? In Cana, where Nathaniel is from, they, they do it one way. But in Nazareth, where Jesus is from, they do it another way. But because Nathaniel is from Cana, he thinks Jesus and his ways are deficient because they are different from the way he has done them. Can I preach this? And sometimes, church, we got to be big enough, sanctified enough to realize different ain't deficient. Can I preach this? Can I, I mean, can I preach this to the real grown folk up in here? For those of us who've ever been married, amen. Come on, I'm, I'm going into deep water. The Bible talks about the two becoming one. And two becoming one requires that you don't think different is deficient. Her mama and daddy taught her to do it this way. Your mama and daddy taught you to do it that way. Just because y'all do it different don't mean it's deficient. But if the two are going to become one, I can't look my nose down on you. And you can't look your nose down on me so we can become together for the glory of Almighty God. Can I preach this? If you're going to be on a team, you can't think different is deficient because they got a way of doing it. You got a way of doing it. If you're going to work with other people, you cannot think different is deficient. If you're going to be fruitful and productive, if you're just going to have peace of mind, joy of spirit, and live with other people other than you and yourself, you cannot think different is deficient because guess what? If you live long enough, you will discover some people do it better than you. You just ain't had the exposure. If I'm going to be delivered from judgmentalism, I got to see stereotyping as a sin. I can't think different is deficient. But if I'm going to be delivered from judgmentalism, I have to give the grace I got. I got to give the grace I got. Nathaniel 
has received grace. Nathaniel doesn't deserve a relationship with Jesus Christ. Nathaniel doesn't deserve all that God is about to do for him. Nathaniel is a sinner just like you and I are sinners, and none of us as sinners deserve the grace and goodness of Almighty God, but because Nathaniel was in the right place, met the right people at the right time, he has an encounter that will change his life through the power of Jesus Christ. And because Nathaniel encounters Jesus and the grace of Jesus, Nathaniel ought to give the grace he has already received. None of us are here because we are so good. None of us are here because we are so holy. None of us are here because we have dotted every I and crossed every T. None of us are here because we earned a thousand percent or a hundred percent on every test or examination in life. We are here because of the grace of Almighty God. Grace is when you get what you don't deserve. We deserve death, but God gave us life. We deserve jail, but God gave us a pardon. We deserve the death penalty, but God gave us a second chance. None of us deserve what we have. None of us deserve the goodness or grace or love of Almighty God. This ain't a shouting sermon per se, but when you get grace, you ought to give grace. I say when you get grace... You ought to give grace. Can I say it again? When you get grace, you ought to give grace. I ought not look my nose down, but I ought to give grace. I ought not dog you out, but I ought to give grace. I ought not talk about you like a dirty dog, but I ought to give grace. I ought not condemn you, but I ought to give grace. If God has been good, if God has been gracious, if I got grace, I ought to give the grace I got. Anybody got grace this morning? Does anybody got grace this morning? I said grace that look beyond your faults. Grace that sees your needs. Grace that gave you another chance. Grace that gave you redemption. Anybody know about grace? Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. It was grace that brought my liberty. Don't know why he came to love me so, but he looked beyond my thoughts. Thank God. Hallelujah. And saw my needs. Thank God for grace. I gotta, I gotta give the grace that I received. I gotta give grace to people who have hurt me, who have wounded me. Because guess what? I hurt some folk. I wounded some folk. Stand to your feet, church. There may be somebody this morning, my brother, my sister, you're here. You're not saved. I'm extending this invitation for you to accept Jesus as your Savior. You're saved, but you don't have a church home. I want you to walk down the aisle now. I want you to start off Advent right, a relationship with Jesus Christ. Come on, sister. Come on, brother. You don't have a church home, but you're here. Come on, from wherever you are, you need a church home. You're not here by accident. 
You're not here by incident. Come on today. Come on, walk down the aisle. This word challenged you in some way, shape, or form. This word reminded you that you are a recipient of grace. Is there one this morning, my brother, my sister? You're here. You don't know Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. You're not a Christian yet. You don't have a church home yet. Come on, brother. Come on. You've been visiting a long time. Come on. Folks think you a member, but you ain't joined yet. Come on, sister. Come on, brother. Watch chapel. Ask your neighbor to your right or to your left. Do you want to join the church today? Do you want to accept Jesus today? Tell him, I'll walk with you. I'll walk with you, brother. I'll walk with you, sister. If you're shy, just raise your hand. I'm going to send somebody to come get you. Amen. Be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're about to celebrate the Lord's Supper. Our deacons and associate ministers are coming forward. As we prepare to celebrate the Lord's Supper, we want to do so reverently, the spirit of holiness. The Bible says, let a man, let a woman examine themselves, lest we partake of the body and blood of Christ in an unworthy manner. Lord, we come in Jesus' name thanking you for this day. We thank you for life, health, strength. We thank you for revealing to us our sins. Sins of prejudging, sins of judgmentalism. Not just those sins, but sins we've committed against you by thought, word, and deed. Omission and commission. God, creating us clean hearts, renewing us right spirits, make us the men and women of God you want us to be. We confess every sin to you. As we partake of this holy meal, we do so reverently, thanking you for the sacrifice of your son on the cross of Calvary. In Jesus' name, amen.
any believers who have not received the elements? If so, please raise your hands so we might serve you. On the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me, and we do likewise. In the same manner, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes, and we do likewise. People of God said amen. 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 We look forward to seeing everybody tonight at 5 o'clock p.m. Buffalo Lanes, Cary, North Carolina, our holiday bowling party. May the grace of our Lord and Savior, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest rule and abide with us until we shall meet again. The people of God said amen. Amen. amen.